0: Here we go, another episode of Jackman Radio. How's everybody doing today? I'm your host, Mike Jackman. Joined, as always, by my twin brother, Eric Jackman, the other half. Friday night, another podcast. October 16th, 2020. What's going on, Mike? Man, we're, uh, as we record this, we're about 18 days away from uh, Apocalypse Now slash uh, Babylon slash the second coming of Damien. Uh, the election in America, which feels like it's been going on forever, which has really been kind of like t- two years. I mean, our election cycles are two years. They're really actually they're just in perpetuity. They're actually constant. They never. It's already, ending. people running for 2024. Really? Yeah, exactly. Everyone's posturing and angling and running, and it's just kind of a never-ending story. We kind of go back and forth in our discussions day to day about whether or not the king will be um, re- anointed or whether it's going to be Biden. I still think the king's going to win again, but you know. It's also quite possible that Biden could pull it out. What do, what do you think? Where are you at right now? Yeah, I think Trump's going to win again. I just don't see the enthusiasm for Biden. Um, you know, obviously those things that Trump had working for him in 2016 with the hatred of Hillary, the fact that you know, he's an outsider, he's this, he's that, he's going to be a disruptor, he's something different. He doesn't ha- he doesn't have that now. Now he has incumbency, he has a record he has to run on, you know, and it's it's shadowing and trailing him everywhere he goes and of course this virus bullshit so I still think he's, I still think the King is going to pull it out, dude. I think he's going <laughs> to, I think he's going to win again. I really do. Yeah. Cause I was reading one article where there, a lot of Trump supporters are like, well, it's the silent majority. We're the silent majority. But man, you look at what's been going on, you know, especially since the virus hit, a lot of his ardent supporters, they're not silent. They're very loud. They're very like in your face. Um, you know, you have uh, just last week there was, you know, thousands of trucks with trump flags and american flags throughout 46 states going nuts dude like the, 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 dude the friggin' this summer the boat regattas like like, the, like the, <laughs> the boats the boats for trump and now we got the trucks they go they go into like the heart of darkness in portland like they go they go in there with the trump flags waving we even see it around here man which is crazy yeah in Peterborough, new hampshire one of the most liberal talk, towns talk about in- the house mike at the four corners One of the most liberal towns in all of New Hampshire, you know, a population, a population of what, like, I don't know, five or 6,000 people, maybe something like that. Predominantly very liberal, um, very left of center. Um, I've seen the last, you know, three Saturdays, man, there's been just a, a cavalcade of ghouls dude just fucking waving you know trump flags i don't even think they're from around here but they know this is a high visibility area and they know that they're, they're in kind of enemy territory and they come dude and they stick it like they come and hang out and spend half the day right up the road from the police department where you got those uh you got those really intelligent young girls just saying ask us about defund with their table yeah just sitting there you know oh yeah 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 trying yeah. to be like a uh, crowder you know <laughs> ask us about defund you know yeah just def- how about abolish ask me about abolish uh, defund abolish you know um, so you got, you got them, they got their table, and then up the road from them on, around the corner, you got your MAGA and your CAG people, and then yonder a couple steps away, you got your BLM people. It's just a fucking shit show. It's just yeah. a shit show. Once the snow drops, none of them are going to be out. No. Okay? None of them are going to be out. So, yeah, you see them on the four corners, and yeah, there is, there's a house here in town. <laughs> It's almost like a target. It's like a, uh, they're, they're daring people to throw dog shit at their house. They have, the, they have two of the largest Trump signs on the roof of the house. Then there's, then there's the garage, above the garage. And then in case you didn't get what they were going for, in the yard, there's four yard signs. And then on the other side of the house, on the other street, there's two more Trump signs. Incredible. I have the most passionate supporters. They're very incredible people. They will never abandon me. They're strong, and they don't care what the fake news media says, okay? They really yeah, don't you, care. You can absolutely say that, but I, I think also, though, too, which bodes well for Biden, you do have a lot of people who are like, man, I just want to see the show end. Like, I don't necessarily mm. like Biden. I want to cancel the, the reality show, I hate Mike. Trump that much. I just want to see it end. I just want to – They want like it to go I back. Want, I want to put the curtain back up and I want to pretend that everything was normal and okay before Trump got in there. So that, that could play into it too, man. I think there is, there is a level of certain level of Trump fatigue going on, but also man, his core, his support, there's so much support dude and they're fired up. So I think they're going to turn out to the polls. Um, The rhetoric you've been seeing from the right, they're not really enthusiastic about mail-in ballots. They think it's, they think it's all fake. They think it can be hacked. Um, and rigged, which of course it can. Um, I would just point people back to 2000 and 2004, though. Like, I mean, yeah. look at look at the long lines in Ohio. You know, when, when it went for uh, well, 2000, went for was the yes, 2000, 2000 was Florida. Yes, 2000 was Florida. With, oh, with four was Ohio, egging. though. Oh, yes. And didn't the Green Party guy was that Cobb? Yeah, Cobb and Bad Nerick was a libertarian, libertarian guy. They actually paid contested. for make sure that the recount happened. Right. When, when, it, when Kerry Edwards cocked out and just laid down. When Kerry clearly, actually probably won Ohio. I think so. I think he got the 20 electorates, if you go back and look at it. And RFK Jr. wrote a fantastic article on Rolling Stone about that a number of years ago, too. So when you're talking about election fraud, this is not a new thing. It's not a new thing. And it's, it's very funny to see the right bitching about it, you know, about the integrity of our elections. Meanwhile, you know, you have the 2000 election. You've got, you know, 2004. So... I don't know. What do you think? And the big, the big news story of the week is uh, the New York Post with all this Hunter Biden stuff. Have you seen any of that? Yeah, you know, I was talking to someone about that, and, and who cares? I don't really care. I actually, you know, I, I have uh, empathy and sympathy for Hunter Biden because you were, you were telling me this, Mike, and I didn't even realize. that. Well, I didn't really think too deeply about this. That dude has been institutionalized his whole life. He grew up as a child in the United States Senate of a father who was a senator, and he grew up in that place. That place is a fucking freak circus. That's no place for children. You don't leave children unattended in the Capitol. You know? It's a cesspit of unchecked privilege, drug use, pedophilia, alcoholism, violence, rape, murder, cover-ups, extortion, blackmail, drugs, crime crimes and misdemeanor, and all the rest. Exactly. <laughs> so coming off of his, mo- his mother's tragic death, well, right. his, his sister, sister and, and his mother accident. died in that car accident. Which him and his brother barely survived. They survived all injured and Biden sworn in in the hospital room where those kids are all injured and fucked up and traumatized. That's, that's his baseline, you know? So I, I said, I said, why is Hunter, why is Hunter Biden doing crack? Why is he addicted to crack and heavy drugs and all that shit, man? People turn to that shit because of trauma. They have, they have a coping mechanism and they have unchecked trauma and they're dealing with some heavy and dark shit. So if you had to see those senators in, in the fucking gym in the Senate bath, you know, dangling, hanging around with towels, like I'd be pretty fucking traumatized, too. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, that's part of it. And the drug part of it. No, I don't I don't care. And Trump obviously issued a low blow when he talked about that during the debate. It's more so the stuff with the Ukraine, and the wheeling and dealing and the lobbying is really kind of what. Yeah, they all do that, though. But yeah, they all do it. So you got three and a half million dollars from the mayor of Moscow. Where'd the money come from? Why do he get the money? You know, meanwhile, dude, during the campaign, Trump had Ivanka and Michael Cohen and his emissaries lobbying to get Trump Tower Moscow built with Putin. You know, because they they weren't expecting the win, so they were like, "Okay, when this this thing's over, we're gonna sell some books. We're gonna get more people. We're gonna build Trump Trump Tower Moscow." So he was trying to leverage a uh, political campaign, Mike, to build a skyscraper in Moscow, which is fucking incredible. (laughs) Just be honest about it, dude. Who cares? I know (laughs) Trump's shameless about everything else, dude. Just be honest and say, yeah, I wanted to try and build this huge skyscraper in Moscow. I, I wanted to give Putin his fucking penthouse up top. Who cares? The whole the whole world is, is run by gangsters, crooks, oligarchs, and, and mafia bosses. They could have done uh, The Apprentice, Stalingrad, you know? Dude, they been... could have done The Celebrity Apprentice and had Putin be the host for a year. I, dude, I would pay to watch that. Him coming no. come to the with the Trump, him, him and Putin together looking at each other. Oh. Uh, when I did this in the States, because legally we weren't able to shoot you in the back of the head and throw you in an ice truck. But because we're in Russia, if you don't make the grade, if you don't pass your challenge, you're going to end up in the ice truck. Or you could get shot in the bridge or you might get some polonium in your tea. We'll see. You are going to end up in a gulag in Serbia and no one will hear from you ever, or Siberia, and no one will hear from you ever again. It'll be incredible. How about the mansion in the countryside that Putin has, dude? Like like he the, the grift that he's got going in Russia? Which mansion? Some have said, Eric, like, he is perhaps the, the wealthiest person in the world, you know? But well, I think about it like this. The Sultan of Brunei has grifted $20 billion. That was like kind of publicly acknowledged that he's got a net worth of $20 billion. And Brunei is a little pissant small country. Dude, Russia is like, you know, this huge, huge gangster uh, land that has all the the... You know, energy, gas, banking, telecom, you know, it's got all kinds of things you can grift on. Natural resources. Right. And and timber and all that shit. And Putin has been in there over 20 years. But when he went to that boardroom dude with all the heads of the the textile military. What what did he call it? All the cockroaches. He's like, I don't see your signature here, dude. He's like, sign this, you fucking cockroach. And he's like, give me back my pen. Give me back my pen. (laughs) Dude. Brought <laughs> the oligarchs to heal, Trump wishes that he could do you don't really have a problem in your country with the media. We kind of have that here. Don't have last night, problems. boy the uh, what was it is it NBC or which who did the town hall with Trump last night? was that ABC was it who was the host? Was it Katie turr or no, what was her name? Guthrie a different one. Savannah Guthrie or something Guthrie, and we will look it up. We'll do it live. Yeah, it was kind of adversarial, but I thought the king handled it pretty well. Yeah, it was CBS Savannah Guthrie. Yeah, Guthrie. No, they, they they went at each other, dude. She tried to call him the crazy uncle and mm. What do you I think mean, did, he hold, did he hold his own? I don't know what QAnon is. I happened he held his own. I loved his power stance. He had his nuts dangling kind of hanging, you know? What do you yeah, think? The way he was like he was like arched he, over the chair. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, he was fucking fully spread eagle, dude. He was he was fearless, you know? That one woman was like, you know, when you smile, you just you have the ha- most handsome smile. She, that was an endearing moment, Mike. Did he humanize him a little bit? Yeah, it humanized him. I didn't pay her, but I gave her a voucher for Turnberry. You just got yeah, yourself she did that. a comp suite in <laughs> at exactly. at Bedminster. You're gonna go. We're gonna go to Turnberry in Scotland. My mother was from Scotland. She was an amazing woman. I, she could walk in this room right now, and I wouldn't know her. I wouldn't know what she looked like. In one of his books, he spelled her maiden name incorrectly. Yeah, he's everything. And he then Biden, all, what? He spent all of what, like eight minutes at her at her house. Yeah, he went in it. and out, farted, and then left. You know, he's everything. And then uh, Biden's uh, town hall, the big meme was he stayed after it ended to answer questions from the voters. Now you know what I did? I I, I smelled Pantene Pro-V. I picked up a scent. And oh, he I caught a whip like a bloodhound. Yeah, I follow the scent of Pantene Pro V and V O Five. They were using him over to find Madeline McCann's body. He was taking oh, a break from that to. Who's the bloodhound? Yeah, to do the town hall. They got him on all. The, if he doesn't become president, dude, they could get him on these cold cases. He could make a link with Netflix for Unsolved Mysteries and become like the new host. You know, he could be the new Robert Stack and on the ground bloodhound. But the thing I took away from that one was uh, about the mandatory masks and the mandatory vaccines. Talking about that. About the percentage of of people that are going to take to them, or how it's going to be um, for the virus, and what that's going to look like, you know, one two years down the road. And I think that's a really interesting question, going going into whether Trump's going to be in there for another four years, or whether it's going to be Biden. We're going to reach a breaking point, man, where the people just will not tolerate anything mandatory. We're a country of 300 and what 20 or 30 million people. You can't across the board do mandatory laws and mandatory proclamations and I mean, even businesses, you know, private businesses, we, you know, I've been, we go to, we're here in New Hampshire. We go to a couple of breweries and restaurants and some of the restaurants and breweries I've been in, there's people just uh, blatantly not listening to the mask signs that are posted. You know, I've just people, you know, if I'm going into someone's establishment or their business and they want me to wear a mask, I'm going to wear it. not going to cause any fucking problems. You know, whether I agree with it or not, I'm I'm going to wear the mask. Um, but you're seeing people doing that less and less in certain places around here. You know, so Biden was asked about it, and uh, he was saying, I'm going to go to the governor's. I'm going to say, governor, make your people wear the mask. If they don't listen, I'm going to go to the mayor's. I'm going to go to the mayor's city councilor's. And you say make him wear that mask. And that that's not realistic. And let's oh, be honest. What a clown dude. <laughs> he's he's not he ain't gonna be doing anything. He's gonna be having warm milk at nine o'clock while well, Kamala's up. Kamala's gonna have off. him on a drip bag, dude, in some basement in Potomac. You know what I mean? I will prosecute this president. You know? She's she's gonna stick him back in the observatory where his VP office wasn't, you know. I'm running for Senate, give me a look. Hey, my name is Joe Biden. I'm running for US Senate. If you don't let like me vote for the other guy, give me a look over, I'll smell your kids. You know, I'll I'll fucking help with the Iraq War. I'll create the crime bill. I'll be a drug warrior. But vote for me because Orange Man bad, the soul of the nation. Dude, how about Ice Cube? Ice Cube's fucking beast. His whole, ah, uh, dude, can they get the half? Can they get 500 billion dollars for Black people in America? They can just can print we, it. it. Yeah, it's we, arbitrary. Can we, can we do that, dude? I'm all, dude, I'm all for it. I'll contribute to it, whatever it is. I support it. I want it to happen. And I love that Ice Cube, He's trying to, he tried to work with the Dems, and they, like, they didn't really want to deal with him. They're like, let's talk after the election. They paid him lip service. Trump's like, look, bring Ice Cube in here. I think he's a great guy. He's a smart guy. Okay, NWA, they were incredible. They did amazing things. Okay? I'll work with NWA. Okay? I work with the CIA and the NSA and the FBI. I can work with the NWA. I think the NWA is a very incredible organization. (laughs) Just last week, I cut a deal with HBO, another crime,
1: another crime organization.
0: Who's Steven Seagal? He worked with all alphabet agencies, Mike, right? I've worked with NSA, DoD, FBI, CIA, NSA, HBO, Cinemax, Showtime. No, basically, Ice Cube is willing to work with anybody who's going to come to the table and work out a deal. He doesn't care if it's Democrat or Republican. He said, "Look, both parties have failed us. They failed the African American community." He's absolutely right about that. And they're both trying to get that voting block. And they both both parties pay lip service. Well, they're pandering assholes to to the African American community. They don't don't care. They don't give a shit. shit. Right. Look, if 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 Ice Cube can sit down with the King dude through Kushner or whoever the emissary is, man, and they can hammer something out, that's a good thing. Yeah. Whoever, whether, it, whether it's Biden in there or Trump, man, if they can fucking help out, a, uh, you know, a group of people or, or a, a demographic or a block or just, you know, people who've been disenfranchised who need some fucking help and some real relief in this country, then let's fucking make it happen. Yeah, exactly. I want to see a meme of uh, Ice Cuba Gooding Jr. Screaming, screaming, show me the money! You oh. know what I mean? With Tom Cruise fucking hanging off, the, hanging off the side of a plane when he found out that him and Miscavige had tax exemption due through Scientology. Dude. They're filming Mission Impossible Seven. They're no, they're not. It. That's basically every few years when Miss needs to buy like another like boat to put slaves on and, and, and kinda hide his wife away from the public. They well, throw you're saying to launder money, Mike, right? Yeah, to launder money, to uh, you know, throw a banquet with the big plates. Those plates can't be cheap, dude, that they have <laughs> Those gold-like uh, chain plates that they, they wear as necklaces, those okay. got away a lot because you know those are made from solid gold and actual ground-up dust from human bone from the slaves that made them. Yeah, from the Sea Orc. Yeah. Well, you have a you sign is it a billion or a 10 billion-year contract? I think it's a billion-year contract. Okay, so there, so there is a chance you could, with good behavior, get out of it eventually. Yeah, you could probably get out of it if you live long enough. So do you think there's anything to it that, you know, that people of, of various ideologies are pushing that we're heading towards a civil war? Because you hear, you hear all this shit from people who are far right and people who are far left, you know, bumping their chest about a civil war. You have to pick a side. There's a line in the sand. Like what, what's up with that? Oh man, I work every day. I pay my bills. I pay my taxes. I'm a member of my community. I shop at local businesses. You know, I'm, I'm all, I'm around. I don't see it. You know, this, this is a media driven narrative. This is uh, sensationalism and, and putting gasoline on a fire and, and trying to stoke the radical elements of both sides. And it's ridiculous and it's stupid. And you look at the people who were out involved in it and fighting and, and keeping it going. They're not very intelligent people. They're useful idiots who are being puppeteered by people. They will never even know existed. That's my take on it. I don't think there's a new civil war. America is, we are a safe country. We are, I mean, Jesus Christ, I, I wouldn't want to live anywhere else on the planet. America is an incredible country, we're safe. Um, we have. We have freedom here. I mean, I don't know, people don't really understand what it's like to live under a totalitarian system, under a really true fascist system. And that word gets thrown around so much and tossed around so much. But, um, yeah, I just, I don't see it, man. I don't, I don't, I don't believe it. I think it's largely driven by the media and the people who are the loudest are the most extreme and they're given the microphone and the platform and your everyday majority of your Americans, which is, you know, hundreds of millions of people are not buying into it or not participating in it. They're not part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're going about their lives, trying to take care of their families and and uh, you know do right and and do well and do the right thing, and um, that doesn't get a segment on the nightly news, does it? It doesn't sell. No, if that, that narrative doesn't make money, you know that there are people who disagree with each other and don't have the same views and they do get along and they do love and respect each other, and uh, you know social media certain has, certainly hasn't helped that. And you you, you posted an interesting article. Um, about how marriage and relationships have suffered since the lockdown in, in March and some of those statistics. Was that the Washington Times or? the Washingtonian. Washingtonian. Which is like, you know, down in D.C., elite. It, it, uh, media people read it in uh, cucked staffers, you know, political staffers, media assholes, you know, those kind of people, shwarmy, shmarmy millennials, uh, you know, that service class of the elite. But I think it had something interesting to say, though. But it had a lot of cool, interesting nuggets and stats. And there's cottage industries popping up around private eyes who are snooping around spouses who are suspecting that they're cheating. And, you know, they're, they're during the quarantine, oh, my God, they realized I shouldn't have married this person. I fucking hate this person. You know, and now I'm stuck in an apart- or a house or a condo or an apartment with them with three kids And I hate them. I hate my spouse and I hate myself for marrying them. You know,
1: it's a nightmare,
0: dude. One of the really interesting uh, tidbits in there. Well, or the points that was made by the author was like, geez, I didn't really know this person that well. Or, you know what? I actually prefer spending small chunks of time Mm. with this person um, infrequently. I like the younger version. I like the younger version. Yeah. (laughs) I like the younger version of this person. I like the younger version of myself. Yeah, like in Ghostbusters, Bill Murray's like, I don't even like myself. (laughs) I don't even like myself. Well, I mean, yeah, the younger version of myself makes me cringe in so many levels, but, you know. He was a little bit more idealistic, too, though, maybe. Oh, Jesus, younger Eric Jackman was so idealistic, man. Because now I'm a broken-down piece of meat, and I'm alone, and I deserve to be all alone. I just don't want you to hate me, okay? It's incredible, but yeah, you got private eyes now who are following spouses around and invoicing people hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars to do and, so. And then the, the courts the courts are closed because of the virus, so people who could normally get like a fucking drive-through divorce, none of that's happening. You know. So so spousal abuse, domestic abuse, and child abuse is actually up since March, which is really really sad. When you think about it, man. You know, joke about how 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 silly and frivolous a lot of these marriages are the, the real underlying thing is, 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 is the people that are actually suffering and especially children who, who didn't, you know, they didn't do anything wrong. They're not, it's not that no fault of their own. And I think the years of psychological damage and ramifications and fallout from that, the ripple effect, man, we haven't even begin to even see the, the tip of that. Sure. You know, that's, a, that's another byproduct of, of the whole, the whole lockdown narrative. And everything that's been happening for you know almost the last six months since this thing broke out. Yeah. Should've never happened. The illegal communist Chinese virus. The Kung Flu, it's a disaster. Yeah. So what'd you think about Hubie Halloween? I liked it. I thought it was Adam Sandler having a blast with his old friends for 90 minutes on Netflix. You know, everyone got paid. Everyone had a good time, and I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Sandler takes care of his buddies, man. He's brought them along for the ride um, for a long time. You know, you saw Bashemi in there. Rob Schneider, right? Yep. Um, The the gal from uh, Happy Gilmore, the hot blonde there. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, Ben Stiller had his cameo there in the beginning as the orderly. He he reprises his role from... uh, (laughs) From Happy Gilmore. I'm like a warm glass. You shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah, for ni- us 90s kids, man, it really, it, it was uh, a nice place. Kevin, nice... Ke- Kevin James. Yep. Yeah, the wig they had him in with the glasses. Fine. He was he just was, phoning that in. Yeah. He was, was hideous. Yeah, he was probably drunk on set for like three days, and they're like, okay, you know, put him in the cop car. It was a bummer to hear that that the um, the newscaster there who 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 did the Harley Quinn yeah, cameo, she, she got fired from her job? Yeah, Channel 7 gal there, that pretty gal there who's a, the newscaster or whatever she is, anchor. She uh as Harley Quinn and spoofed the news and apparently broke her fucking contract. Who knows what that said? And uh, they fired her. Channel 7, WHDH fired her. Ernie Bach is tweeting in support of her, which I appreciate, you know? Oh, so she's got a billionaire in her corner? Or any box trying to flex and help her. You know, he's got a wow, sweet spot man. for her. I do too. She's just another media poodle, but she shouldn't have gotten fired for that. Oh, she's a she's, she's a working Christ. professional. Where's your First Amendment right? Or are you fucking Where's your sense of fun and Halloween spirit? Yeah, no shit, but I liked it, Mike. I was really enjoyable. It's one of the that that is the best Adam Sandler movie since that's my boy. I'm gonna go ahead and say that. I would probably agree. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what I've what seen. What that stupid wedding one he did was that with Chris and, Rock? Uh, yeah, it was like an update of Who's Coming to Dinner, but it was, it was just, horrible. Yeah, it was, I, it was unwatchable. <laughs> I, I think he's did he produce that one with David Spade, where where he goes on the vacation? You told with the wrong me about girl. that, but I didn't watch it. The wrong it. Uh, I, what's I need, it called? I need to see that one. That was you know, that was pretty. Um, it was called The Wrong Missy. I with, love that uh, David Spade like has hung out here in Peterborough. He's been to Harlows. Yeah. He's been here because he, he dated yeah. that uh uh that gal who was married to uh Jenner, Brody Jenner. Right, yeah, he could is older than her father. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Alan Covert who, who also produced oh, yeah. he, um, yeah, he, he, he well, he's 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 in grandma's boy. Oh he, he, they gave him the lead in that Mike, and that was good because he, he proved he could be a lead. Yeah. And that type of character, really not much else. But no, it was it was you know there was the best of Mr. Deeds, Big Daddy, you know there was a lot of call there was a lot of callbacks in um, Hubie Halloween and Sandler was doing his stupid voice character, but you know what it works, it's comfortable, it's familiar, we grew up on it, and I I think it was great, and uh, we also started watching The Haunting of Bly Manor, uh, which is kind of an anthology follow up to The Haunting of Hill House, which came out in 2018 on Netflix produced by, uh, well, directed and really created by Michael Flanagan, who did the Shining sequel, Dr. Sleep, which is, I mean, uh, you know, Hill House and Bly Manor, really, really well done. Um, The production value is beautiful. The characters are very interesting and engaging, and you actually care about them, and they're very fleshed out. Uh, The scare, it's a slow burn, but the scares are there. And, um, yeah, if you like the romantic, gothic, horror, haunted house type stuff, Highly recommend uh, Bly Manor on Netflix. Yeah, I don't usually do the scaries as you do, but I, I do enjoy Bly Manor, Mer- and I plan on hanging in there. Yeah, we got a couple episodes left, so maybe we'll do that this weekend. But uh, certainly last weekend, uh, we were balls to the wall with our birthday party, and that was a blast. And any of our friends listening, we had so much fun. And, uh, you know, again, thank you so much for coming to that. It was definitely different than la- last year. We had over 100 people. Um, this year, we had to go with, you know, obviously – state regulations and have it be a lot smaller and, and other stuff, you know, obviously cause of COVID, but, um, it was successful. Everybody was safe and comfortable. We had a great time. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, you know, it took me a week to recover pretty much now that we're 34 and you know, yeah the party was a lot of fun and it was great to see people we haven't seen for months and in some cases years. And, uh, it was just nice to have a night, normal night and forget about everything for a while. What did the Billy, Billy Joel Erickson forget about life for a while? Yeah. Because mm. they know, I know that it's me. They've been coming to, see, to see. And Russia puts bread in my jar. <sighs> when Putin was crying, Mike, talk about that. Yeah, was that, so that was when he, he became president again after a, he was. Medvedev. So it, the the way the rules were in Russia, like you couldn't consecutively. He had to quote, do unquote, like a term as prime minister, but he was still pulling the strings largely. Still in charge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he had Medvedev, Dmitry, do a term, and then he could go. He could go back in as president, and he got. It was basically just you know, he was going through all the emotions, Mike, and he cried. Yeah. Anybody listening, Google Putin crying, and if you're not moved by that, then you, your heart is as cold as a Russian winter. What else is going on? It's incredible. I don't know. What movie have we watched recently? We watched um Did we watch a movie recently i can't, I can't even remember. it all blends together now. Well, what do you read you're reading um I'm, I just started reading a book about 9 eleven that uh, Ricky gave me for our birthday, basically about how the intelligence agencies either royally fucked up or they were trying to flip two of the 9-11 hijackers out in California, Al-Hazmi and uh, Al-Midar. They were trying to flip them and get into Al-Qaeda and have two people on the inside. And the thing went so far and they didn't tell other agencies. And Richard Clark, I mean, Richard Clark is talking, that's Richard Clark's take on 9-11 on that. And he stood by that. And Richard Clark is like not an altar boy. That guy's a ghoul. He's in, you know, he was, uh, he Bush was Bush kept him as a leftover from the Clinton From Clinton. Right. Right. And he was a counter, he was like a counterterrorism czar. He was the guy dude for counterterrorism. And, uh, you know, this click of George Tenet, Richard Blee and Kofor Black, uh, you know, would love to just probably kill Richard Clark. Because Richard Clark uh, is essentially saying, well, you know, you guys were, had something going on where you were trying to flip these two dudes. You knew about them over in Malaysia at the summit. You, know, you knew they were Al-Qaeda. You knew they were Al-Qaeda. You knew, dude, those guys came into our country like they didn't have people on them. They didn't have eyes on them and know they were all fucking here going to flight schools. Previously part of the USS Cole bombing. Right, the coal, right, exactly. The Cole bombing and then the embassy bombings, all that shit, dude. So I'm reading that book right now. Uh, I forget it's the called name the watchdogs it. didn't bark watchdogs didn't bark by Ray Noah and uh, Thomas Duffy or John Duffy. Yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. You know more about it than I do when I'm fucking reading it. Well, I, need but, to, uh, I haven't read the book, but yeah, I mean, it, it, a lot of that is kind of from that documentary nine 11 press for truth, which was right. produced by both of those guys. Right. So I'm starting to read that right now mm-hmm. and uh, get my knowledge on that. And then you are uh, pretty, pretty deep into, what are you reading? Uh, I'm reading RFK Jr.'s book um, that he wrote, uh, Robert, you know, Robert Kennedy Jr. About him and about his family and his father. Um, It's called uh, American Values, Lessons I Learned from My Family. And just the stories that he has. He's uh, he's like 66, so, you know, he's not ancient, but he's getting up there in years, and he's just candidly put out this book that kind of goes behind the scenes of a lot of the, you know, quote, unquote, Camelot myth in Kennedy dynasty. And um, he really just makes the case in the thousand days or so that his uncle Jack, who he refers to, JFK was president. Um, he was able to just get so much done and move our country forward in, into, into the future and into a new way of thinking and living. And, and, you know, that it's, it's just unbelievable. And uh, I got about, you know, a hundred pages left and you know, yeah. And no, I was just saying, Jr. Is, is a dream interview of mine. I mean, I'm going to continue to still try and book him on the show, but it's been unsuccessful thus far. Yeah. And I was Um, saying today is the 58th anniversary when Kennedy was shown the pictures of the Soviet missiles in Cuba that triggered 13 days, the Cuban missile crisis. Cuba admitted way later on, maybe in the nineties that those were actually hot. Those had nuclear warheads on them. They were hot. Fuck. Yeah. Locked and loaded, locked and loaded. Proud boys stand down and stand by. What did he say? Stand back. Yes, yeah, basically stand by. You stand. Wait my orders on Twitter. Pretty much. So yeah, Kennedy was surrounded by you know, uh, you know, ghouls like Lemoncer, Doomsday, Lemay, you know, Curtis Lemay. <laughs> they, they were willing to have first strike nuclear. Do they were willing to launch these nuclear weapons if, if if they had to lose millions of people as long as we beat the Russians? That's how these. That's how these joint chiefs actually thought. So. After this happened, Kennedy and, and, and Bobby, so JFK and RFK had alienated themselves so much against the CIA and against the Joint Chiefs that there was a tension that was going on. That that you know, people who are alive now might remember. They may not know about it, but Kennedy said, "If something happens, it's internal. It's there's a coup. There, there could be a coup. It's going to come from our, from our own from the inside." So it really, I mean, you you look at the tension and. Uh, the hardliners khrushchev was dealing with hardliners in russia as well and there was a series of you know backdoor letters that went out between khrushchev and kennedy trying to ease tensions trying to calm things down um you know trying to speak to each other as men and the first meeting that khrushchev had with kennedy khrushchev kind of was hard-boiled and kind of dismissive of him and kind of was not very respectful or friendly but but he really kennedy really left an impression on him because he was like, Here, here's this guy who's a world, war, a decorated World War II veteran, an actual warrior, someone who has seen death and destruction and war up close in the worst way possible, and he's the most ardent champion for peace. And that's really the the legacy that that you know Kennedy has left on our country and on the world. I mean, RFK Jr. is talking about how he's been all over the world. He's been in the huts in Africa, pubs in Ireland, You know, uh, Mansions, The Hood, Bean Berlin, and they have portraits of Kennedy in all those places. So he left an indelible impact, not just on America, but on the world. And, um, yeah, it's it's, it's a great book. And, you know, of course, he's biased. It's his uncle. It's his family. But RFK Jr., I think, is really a dark horse in the Kennedy family. He's not – he's really just kind of speaking the truth about a lot of things. Talking candidly about it what does he really have to gain? I mean, he's obviously he's got more money than God at this point, but he could just fucking stay home and not worry about the world or deal with anything, but he's got a lot of courage. He's got a lot of spirit and he really cares, I think. And that really shines through. So it's, it's quite a read and anyone who's interested in American history, the last hundred years or so, certainly the Kennedy era, it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, you know, we're going to wrap it up here. And we appreciate you spending the time with us and subscribe to us on Spotify, on Podbean. We're on Twitter at Jackman radio. You know where to find us. We're all over on all the social media. Come say hi to me on Instagram at Senator Jackman. And uh, we're going to have a good weekend, Mike, aren't we? Absolutely. I hope everybody has fun and is safe. Enjoy yourselves. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.